Warning, the DCOM After Dark podcast contains adult content. So if that's not your cup of tea, TN underscore Tarpy, I suggest you leave now. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Kevin. And this is Lindsay. Today, we are going to be going over Starstruck. Starstruck uh, came out in February of 2010, so it's a little older. It's uh, starring Sterling Knight, Danielle Campbell, Maggie Castle, Brandon Michael Smith, and Chelsea Kane. Um, let's correct that. I believe it was Chelsea Staub at the time. That was yes. before she changed her name. To Chelsea Kane. This is true. This is really true. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize that she had changed her name when I was first going through this. I well, I mean, was, her no name was, was Chelsea Kane Staub, but then she just got rid of that last right. name because it was too hard to uh, pronounce. Pronounce. So... Yeah, Chelsea Kane makes more sense. I did. I could barely recognize her when I was watching the movie. Oh, I knew it was her immediately really? from her role in uh, Jonas and, of course, Baby Daddy, one of my favorite uh, freeform shows. Yeah, I, I remembered her from Baby Daddy mainly. I didn't know about the Jonas show that she was on. Um, clearly, she was Stella the Stylist. <laughs> I like Chelsea Kane a lot on Baby Daddy. I felt like she had a really good character. She does. But she's yeah. barely in this movie. This movie is definitely a Sterling Knight, Danielle Campbell production. Um, I don't know. That Brandon Michael Scott was, uh, he stole the, stole the movie from me. I enjoyed him immensely. I feel like he like really won the movie, if you will. <laughs> we'll get into that later. He definitely we'll, did. We'll get into that later. So the uh, movie, I'm going to read a brief uh, synopsis for this film. That we chose to go over today. Okay, so it says... Jessica Olsen was expecting a normal trip to California with her family to visit her grandma. However, she agrees to join her older sister to find the famous pop star, Christopher Wilde. I... <laughs> I, th- I thought that was a pretty pretty good uh, tagline for what's going on in this film. That sounds about right. Her sister is a obsessed fan. Obsessed, right? She, yeah. Okay, so so going through the film, like I feel like that girl was essentially a stalker. Like, yeah, and a little conceited on top of that. It was it was a problem. It was a problem. But was, uh, he seems to have this vision that nobody knows where he goes all the time but he continues to go to these same places over and over and over again and expects nobody to find him there it was a it was a very interesting it was as if my man tags himself everywhere he goes via facebook and then doesn't expect people to know where he's at yeah well it's uh well also the uh Media and the paparazzi, they all drive the same van, so they're right. uh, pretty easily giant, recognizable. Black... Okay, okay, okay. So let's, let me let me take you through this movie, okay? So in the first scene, 
is the movie starts off with this giant uh, aerial shot, right, of like Los Angeles at nighttime. And then you see, you know it's Los Angeles because you end up seeing the Staples Center. Then we go right into the venue and in the venue it's Christopher Wilde that's uh, being played by Sterling Knight, which is a fantastic name, by the way. <laughs> Sterling Knight. So Sterling, Sterling Knight Sandman Knight. Sterling Sandman Knight, which is ridiculous. I, his middle name is Sandman? Yeah, it is. That is, that is crazy. <laughs> that cannot be his real name. I mean, that was the name he was born with. Nah, it can't be. Might be like this Chelsea Kane bullshit. Anyway, uh, Sterling Knight. He he's playing this character named Christopher Wilde. Christopher Christopher Wilde is essentially Justin Bieber. Today's Justin he's, Bieber. Today's Justin are like twenty twelve Justin. Uh yeah, I guess. He's got the hair. Yeah, with like the fourteen year old screaming at him. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, so he's playing like a fourteen year old Justin Bieber. So the scene opens up with him on stage performing, right? And he's very obviously lip-syncing. It's, it's not great. Well, yeah, all. his live performances sound very auto-tuned. <laughs> all <laughs> of Ex- them. Extremely staged. And it was pretty crappy. Um, but, you know, I was like, I was going with it. Um, as he's, We're watching this dude's performance, though. As we're watching Mr. Wild's performance, it, like, pans out, and it turns out, that Sarah Olson is like sitting on her couch in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Which watching... is the older sister, by the way. Right, right, right. Which is Jessica's older sister. And she's watching, she's the one that's obsessed with Christopher Wilde. And she's watching the playback of this concert. I thought this shit was live at first, but in Kalamazoo, is is daytime. And but both of us being uh, native Californians, we know that if it's daytime in Kalamazoo, Michigan, it's even more daytime in Los Angeles, California. So I have no idea how I, there's an aerial night scene going on to begin the movie, but whatever. I don't. DVR is my only explanation at this point. And that's the only that's that that or a video. But I think it was live because we cut to like a like a. Not live, but we think it's, it's a, I think it's like, a, you have to be a DVR because that's be recording because it cuts to like a Access Hollywood-esque story about him. Correct. But um, when she's watching the, the show, Jessica stands in front of the TV and from that moment on, we know that Jessica's a bitch, right? <laughs> yes. Because the Je- worst. Jessica, okay, Jessica's being played by Danielle Campbell, right? Danielle Campbell, I guess she was in some other things like the originals and other stuff like that. But so she stands right in front of her sister, right in front of the television, while her sister's trying to watch her favorite artist on TV. Like a super bitch. And she's just standing there for like no reason. And she's like, I don't even know why you like this guy. But that has like nothing to do with Jessica's life. So it's annoying as fuck. If she was really not into him that much, 
Why would she stop in front of the TV to right. stare at him if, uh, when she literally could have just kept walking through the scene and moved on and left her poor sister alone? Right, just move on with your life. Why the fuck do you have to interrupt your sister's enjoyment like a bitch? That's how I know, though, from the beginning, though, that Jessica's a bitch. Like, there's no other answer about it. She's the worst. I mean, and not even, like, sarcastic or witty. She's just plain rude. She's just rude. She's just rude. Yeah, the and whole time. Th- throughout the movie, you'll see how rude she is. Right? Oh, it gets worse, for sure. It gets worse. Okay, so so Sarah is a Christopher Wilde super fan. She, like, knows where he eats. She knows where he sleeps. She's on the his Facebook page. She's a stan. She's stalker fan. She's a stan. 100%. 100%. I mean, and we'll even find out later that she knows exactly who his best friend is by sight right later. Right, on sight. Okay, so I'm, so it turns out they're going to Los Angeles to visit their grandma, but Sarah is using this, this um, opportunity to see, to try to find Christopher Wilde, I guess, and like see him and shit. Ask. Yeah, because she is the uh, one of the original members of his fan club, of course. So <laughs> right. she does believe that at some point he will pick her up from the airport. So she has to be prepared for that. She has to be ready, which is also weird to me because even if she is a super fan and she's an original member of the fan club, I don't know too many fan clubs where the people are picking them up. No, that would be a little... <laughs> little unusual but uh in this movie it might have worked yeah it was i thought that was weird though that she was waiting for it but whatever Eh, to each their own to each their own all right so as as we're watching the scene we see libby lamb who's like the access hollywood reporter comes on the screen by the way she is a babe that woman i was very (laughs) I was very enamored by her. I was distracted by her. That woman, let me see if I can see who played her. I don't know who played her, but I thought that woman was stunning, and she was only on the TV for a little while. Tony Trucks. All That's right. That's not a real name either. That cannot be a real name. <laughs> Probably not. Tony Trucks. But I believe this gives us the title of our movie, though, does it not? Was the TV show was, not called Starstruck? I think the TV show was called Starstruck. I guess that's where we got our name. And that's the name of the film. I didn't even notice that. But Tony <laughs> Trucks. Tony Trucks, I pulled her up. She was in Grimm. She was in the Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn. She's on NCIS. She's everywhere. Huh. She has like bit roles. Nothing, nothing. Reoccurring oh, to the point. Here we go. She plays Lisa Davis on Cell Team with David Boreanaz. And she has a regular role in that. So that's All right. Cool. That's a newer show. Yeah, she's so out she's, there. She's working. I like to All see right. that. Good, good. Tony Trust. I might have to watch I might have to watch SWAT team now. Anyway. <laughs> so she uh as as she's on there she's talking about the the things that Christopher Wilde is doing in the tabloids, Jessica is just hating on him for no reason at all. She doesn't know this dude. She just knows that she hates him. And like, I don't get why she hates him so much. 
I mean, if I had to guess, it's probably because she doesn't really have a good thing going with her sister, and it's something her sister loves a lot, so therefore she automatically hates him. That's the only explanation, because yeah, she I mean, yeah, this guy, this, his music is okay. I mean, uh, we, yeah, okay. His music it, is okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's nothing fantastic, but she just hates him for literally no reason. So... I, I'm assuming you're right. It's just because her sister loves him. Therefore, she must hate him. Oh, yeah, it has to be. So it's all I got. The next scene that we switch to is them being at the club. So so his, Christopher Wilde pulls up at this club. It's an under-21 club that's called Under-21. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, yeah, I definitely caught that. <laughs> it, was, it was a club called Under-21. For people under 21, because this kid is 17 years old. Christopher Wilde is 17 years old. Superstar. Which is is, also our first introduction to Brandon Michael Smith, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Yes, so he pulls up up in the whip by his best friend slash driver named Steps. I don't understand why his best friend's his driver of cars that he already owns you would hire someone for that, and I guess you hire your buddies, but I, I wouldn't hire my best friend. I mean, it friend. is alluded that he is on the payroll later, and I mean, that's a typical Entourage thing, I but believe. Even, even in the show Entourage, right, Vinny Chase's best friend is Eric, and he is his manager, not his driver. Right, but you have Turtle. Turtle's one of his good friends, and I don't think, though, that he's on the status of Eric, which is why he's the driver and not... True, but you also kind of have to remember that his best friend is also his age and probably isn't ready to step into a manager role, True. as we find his parents he are his mom- manager. Yes, he has momagers as, and his mom and dad, and that was so overwhelming. That was so. And I, we I get to that. And we get to that in a couple scenes, right? But they pull up to the club because it's the. It's the club that they always go to, and they meet up with his girlfriend. Alexis. Alexis, who doesn't love Stubbs, and Stubbs doesn't love her, but... It is straight publicity. It's 100% a publicity stunt, because they're, like, kind of dating, but, like, not really, and there's not really much love there, but you could tell, like, that Christopher Wildkid's a pretty nice kid, and he just wants the best for them all. And he tells uh, Alexis that he's going to perform for her the next day for her birthday at the club. Promises. Right. He promises to perform for her. And that's the first time we get this real introduction to the paparazzi. The paparazzi are the stalkerazzi in this movie. They are everywhere, all the time, everywhere you go. And I don't Definitely intended to be the villain of the movie, although it could be arguably... Jessica. Jessica. Jessica's the worst. It, we're going to get to that. But she's the, definitely the villain of the movie. Even though we, they seem to want us to think the paparazzi, they drive in these, these unmarked black vans, jump out the vans, start taking these photos. It was, it was quite intense. And they also don't really portray Alexis in the best light just because they don't really want us to be upset once he starts developing a relationship with another girl while dating right. her. While dating... While pseudo-dating her. Yeah. And and he starts to fall for, for Jessica, which is dumb. I mean, it's what you expect from this film, admittedly. But it, it, just, it just didn't make any sense. Anyway, 
So as we see them at 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 the under twenty one club, we go back to Michigan, and we uh see that Sarah is being a bitch about her school dance to Jessica. School dance is coming up. She's telling Jessica she can't go because Jessica's fifteen. Sarah's seventeen. Not really no real reason, but. Then the super creepy. Besides alluding to the fact that she apparently can't dance, which is not really relevant. It's not nice or relevant because you're at a school dance. There's not that much actual dancing going on. Nah. We're doing a lot of hanging out. So, I mean, I remember when I went to school dances, I danced, but I like to dance. But most people just like stood on the wall and just watch. I mean, at that time and that age, it's usually just, you know, waddling back and forth slowly, you know. It's not even much real dancing. Well, I mean, in our generation, it's a lot more grinding. Right. Well, not at a high school dance. (laughs) At least not. My high school, there was a lot of grinding. We were also, I went to high school in the inner city. Right. (laughs) It was much different. Exactly. It would probably be less grinding. But Jess tells her sister, don't worry, because she has a press pass, and she's there covering it for the school newspaper. So that's all she'll be there for. Right. Still irrelevant. <laughs> I, I didn't even know the girl worked for the paper, but they threw that in there, but I don't think it comes back around at all. It does not. Never comes back up. So eh. uh, Sarah's has a friend named AJ who's also a super bitch. And she's also just as obsessed with Christopher Wilde, which is weird. And she wants her to take a photo of Christopher Wilde while she's in L.A. Now, for their scrapbook. For their scrapbook, Lindsay, you you're from Los Angeles. You lived in Los Angeles. Yeah. As did I. Celebrities are around, but not really like that. No. They're like living their lives, minding their own business. You can't necessarily. I guess unless you're a stalker, which we've found out she is, yeah. you know, just be in a place and be next to them and take a picture with them. It doesn't happen. No. It just doesn't happen. But for whatever reason, AJ, I mean, they they live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, so they, I'm sure they have this inflated sense of what happens in Los Angeles. But just letting them know that's not really how that goes down. I guess unless you stalk them and bother them. Right. However, it really does seem to work out for the sister, but not quite to the way that she wanted it to. Well, it's so weird because Sarah knows exactly where Christopher Wilde eats, where he sleeps, where he takes a shit, where he surfs, where he does literally everything. Because this dude checks in on Facebook all the time, everywhere he goes. So she's ready to be in the spots that he's at at his juice spot, at wherever. So that way he she can get up in his shit. Oh, well, he did, according to her, eat at Pink's Hot Dogs, but we never did make it there. That was a little disappointing to me. <laughs> I'm sure they probably couldn't get the rice to shoot there. But, you know, what ifs. Anyway, after we come back from Michigan, we go back to Los Angeles, and we see Christopher Wilde's momager parents. They're setting up a movie deal for him. To film this movie with this guy named Alan, who's the like producer director guy. That dude seemed a little sleazy to me. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I like, mean, like, why would you even be considering him for this movie if you weren't you were already concerned about his character and right. keeping him out of the 
press, which he clearly has a problem with because he frequents the same places. Correct. <laughs> they know exactly where to find him. That was the thing. So, like, Alan tells him that he wants him for this movie, but he needs to, he needs him to stay out of the tabloids and out of the papers so he can finish selling his people on it, I guess. And he said, I need to stay out of the, paper, the tabloids for the weekend. And he tells him, you know what? Just stay home. So we know that he's not staying home. We know of that's course. what's happening. Well, he already made that promise to perform at Alexis's Alexis's birthday. birthday. That's true. We're already in a Hannah Montana dilemma right here. You got to be in two places at once. (laughs) So just like in Hannah Montana, he does the best he can. (laughs) Before we get to that, though, the Olsons finally get to L.A. Sarah thinks she's going to be able to rent a car and drive all over the city and stalk them. She finds out that she will not be able to do that because you have to be at least 25 to rent a car. And she's 17. So that won't be happening. She could have just Googled that and saved us a whole scene. <laughs> but she she was just so, so intent on driving. But it's cool, though, because mom, her mom and dad, the Olsen's parents, tell them that uh, they could use grandma's car to get around the city and do whatever the fuck they want to do. When we get to Grandma's house, though, we got the first big shocker. Grandma is dating a black dude. Yes. I was very surprised by that. They never actually said it, but they definitely alluded to it by saying, we take care of each other. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, they're definitely fucking. They're fucking. Well, Well, at a minimum, he's definitely holding the ladder for her while she climbs on it. Right. He gets there. Well, I mean, they give, like, a hug at the end. Right. So they're definitely fucking. But it was great because he, like, restored this ugly-ass pink car. And he's like, oh, it's like a top. I didn't know that was, like, an old. He said, like, moves like a top or some shit like that. And I was like, that's definitely an old-timey saying. But (laughs) it was a, so it was. The Olsons are white, just to clarify. And when they get there, the look on the mom's face when she sees that the black dude's helping her, it was pure gold. It was I just could not believe that she couldn't believe that her mom was getting down with the brother. See, I don't I wouldn't even take it that way. I totally took it as like my mom is not seeing anybody and clearly her father has passed because it's alluded to so it's more of the shock of like my mom seeing somebody else oh that's what you saw oh oh, for sure to me it seemed like because he was black that was of of course you would see it that way Uh, that was i mean i just took it as like you know your normal you know older you know daughter being like i don't really want my mom with anybody except for my dad, but then kind of realizing that your dad is long gone and perhaps she deserves to be happy. I can see that being the case too, but I don't, I don't really think so. I think it was because she was black. <laughs> I okay, let me believe maybe. it's because of the black thing. Okay, you can have that one. <laughs> well, at the same time though, we see Jessica being a bitch again when she is making fun of the ugly-ass pink car that Sarah has to drive, and Jessica makes some fucking snot-ass remark to her about uh, sitting and playing croquet or some bullshit at Grandma's house. And I was like, Jess, here she is being a bitch. I can't believe that she's going to be the hero of this movie. 
Because she's such a bitch. Well, in that scene, the sister definitely takes the award for being the worst, though, because she never comes over and hugs Grandma. She literally stays at the car and gawks at it and mentions that she would rather be caught dead than drive this car, which, that's just rude. The grandma's just trying to help out, you know what I'm saying, just trying to let her know that she can drive this car if she needs a car while she's in the city. By the way, I they were only there for like a weekend. It seemed like an eternity. But like, because the dance is coming up, they flew to L.A., I don't know about you, but I don't think most people do, like, cross-country trips just to see Grandma for, like, a weekend. I don't know. I mean, do we really know how much time passed between them returning and the dance itself? Well, do you think they missed school for, like, a week? Why not? That seemed very, very, uh... Parents, they should be doing more for that. They should not be doing that. Well, I mean, we can say for sure they definitely spent two days together, but who knows how much time passed right, after that. That's not a good parenting, I don't think, taking your kids out of school just to go see Grandma because she's chilling because Grandma seemed fine. Like, it's not like Grandpa just died recently. Right, but they said it's been two years. And so now they choose while they're in school. Yeah, the why not? Because that's what summers are for. Well, I mean, they're clearly not even curbing these girls' terrible, terrible attitudes. So it's I'm sure they're not the best parents it's in Some of that, like, new-age parenting, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, Sarah heard through her network of people that Christopher Wilde was going to be performing that night, even though he wasn't supposed to leave the house. He was going to be performing that night at the Under-21 Club for Alexis' birthday. Right, and she automatically assumes that she can walk straight into this walks celebrity right in. birthday party. Walks right into the celebrity birthday party. Because she was one of the first members of the fan club or some bullshit. So she goes and she tries to, she wants to go to the party, but she knows that she's not going to be able to go this late at night. So she convinces Jess to go with her, even though Jess doesn't want to go. And even though Jess hates him. Yeah, it was one of those, like, if mom and dad know that you're going, then they'll let me go kind of thing. Because clearly Jessica, although the rudest, is probably the most responsible. Yes. Which is weird. But she's definitely a bitch. Anyway. Yeah. So they go, so they end up going to the club. They pull up to the club. And they park right outside in a no parking zone. Which you'll never find in L.A. Right. <laughs> But they pull up in front of one, and they say, you can't stop here. And they do. And Sarah tells Jess to just stay in the car, which I thought was super rude. Because she didn't want her to crap her style, but she made her ass come out anyway. Well, if she doesn't stay in the car, the car's going to get towed, which apparently doesn't matter five seconds later. But <laughs> Cars don't get towed, I guess, on that street. Guess not. It's a major street. At that same time, Stubby and Christopher Wilde pull up in the front of the co- the the club, Stub tries to be the voice of reason here, about like, bro, you should be in the house. You yeah, this movie deal is a big thing. Like, you shouldn't really be coming to this girl that you kind of really shouldn't be seeing, and Stub doesn't really care for anyway. To blow your chance, like that's not. 
and that's not what you should friend. be doing. That's that's when he's being a good friend. Stubby, like you said earlier, is being played by Brandon Michael Smith, and this dude is doing what he's got to do to try to protect his homie. Oh, for sure. He I mean, is a good friend. He's a good friend. Obviously, through he doesn't through. want his own ride to end, but even still, it. It's it's him trying to take care of his people. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, and I, they've known each other since what he said four, he said so I'm grade, sure he also. Fourth grade. All right. Stubby and him have been best friends since the fourth fucking grade. I want to know why is your best friend still your driver? I want to know this. Well, I kind of had this backstory in my own head that he probably comes from money as well, because there's. No way that he dresses like that off of... He dresses so after nice. After Christopher Wilde's, you know, paycheck. Stubby's, That's not happening. I want to take a moment and, and stop down on Stubby's attire. He's the flyest motherfucker in this movie. Oh, by far. Like, Christopher Wilde looks like a slob the whole movie. <laughs> the whole movie. His hair's unkempt. His it's parents like... even allude to it at some point. Like, he he looks like some bum. <laughs> but but Stubbs, man, my man is just looking fresh to death the whole fucking film. Even when he gets his shoes puked, gets gets his shoes puked on in a couple minutes, he was still looking fly. Oh, for sure. He was still looking fly. Anyway, uh, Stubby parks in the front, right? Because you know there's paparazzi everywhere in this movie. So Stubby parks in the front, goes through the club to the back. To let Christopher Wilde in around the corner. So that way they can sneak him in, do his performance, and sneak his ass out. Stubbs came up with that plan, and I thought once again that this dude is doing the Lord's work. Oh, yeah, he's got his back for sure. <laughs> and I don't think th- this is one thing, though, Lens, that I, I didn't understand, right? Yeah, I, I got a little lost at this point as well, and I think I know what you're going to say. Well, what are you going to say? Well, my okay, so my main question was, why would you not tell Alexis that this is what's going to happen right. based off of the movie? Right. Because the first thing that comes out of her mouth is, where is he? he sh- did he not give her a call? Did he not send her a fucking text and be like, clearly well, not to get this movie deal. I'm still coming through, but I got a plan. So well, Stubbs got a plan. I don't know what it is, but Stubbs got a plan and we're going to get this done. Just follow his lead. Do something. Just get her to, like, stop talking in front of the paparazzi. That's all you need her to do. That's all you need her for her to go inside, and they could ban the paparazzi from going inside. But I will give you this. That creates the opportunity of confusion for Sarah to swoop in and make her way into the party. That was an MVP performance by her. She used, I don't know where she learned that savvy in Kalamazoo. (laughs) <laughs> she used that savvy to get into the club, the under-21 club, with no problems, and try to get up there close to see Christopher Wilde. Of course. She literally just swoops under the arm of Stubby, seems excited to see him, and Alexis is sitting there going, do you know this girl? And Stubby responds with, not yet. <laughs> he figured he was fucking that night. He I cannot he- <laughs> believe that worked, but... It did. It did. It did. So they're in the club. Christopher Wilde comes in from the back and they perform, right? They the perform. Worst performance 
It, did the you entire realize, movie. Did you realize that his voice changed? It was a different so, voice. So I was wondering how it was auto, like how he was doing that close of an impersonal type performance and it was still auto-tuned. Right. That was something I was looking into. And I had remembered from the beginning of the opening credits, it was clearly Sterling Knight singing the opening credits. Right. But then all of a sudden, his voice sounds completely different. Way different. There's a reason for that. That is, what's that guy's name? Drew Ryan Scott. Yes. Drew Ryan Scott. Drew Ryan Scott is, it was in a, in a band called um, After Romeo. Right, he's the he he's the lead singer of the band. Interesting enough, that band got sued by one of its members because apparently, Drew Ryan Scott was sexually assaulting one of the other members of the of the of the uh, band. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, he I guess sent him a sex toy when he was younger. Told him he wanted him to use it on him. Interesting. Um, so is and, that why he is now the voice and not the face of this movie? N- no, the reason he's the voice and not the face is because Drew Ryan Scott's real age, though, is billed at 30. Um, in the court document that came out that he was like 36. Ooh. That's the real reason. <laughs> he's Interesting. old as hell. He's old as hell. He's his dude. He's, he's stuck He's marred by uh, controversy, but he still gets work because he does like background songs for Disney movies and Glee and uh, Lemonade Mouth, as well as he worked with the Jonases and Selena Gomez. And, yep, producer and as well. Yeah, so he's getting work, but he is marred in controversy. At Drew Ryan was. Scott, if you want to follow him on Twitter, <laughs> check that out. Check that out. He looks he looks a little older. And a little too old to be in a boy band. But, you know, he's out there trying. Anyway, Drew Ryan Scott's The Voice, and I thought that was weird. This is the part, though, that really troubled me. Um, during that performance, Stubby jumps up there and has a rap verse. And this, by far, is when he stole my heart. My question is, though, how are you the driver and you got a feature on the track? Even were like he was the best he was part, the part of the, song. Of the was... entire performance. His rap, his rap verse was great. It was, it was, it flew, flowed really well. The song's his about where energy shapes. was there. He was yeah. up on that speaker, rocking back and forth. Meanwhile, you've got your, you know, Christopher Wilde just meandering on stage in a hoodie and shades, like. <laughs> The worst. Why Stubby. is he driving a car, though? Like, why is he driving the car? He's an artist in his own right. Yeah. You know what? Had I produced this movie, it would have been Stubby that was the star <laughs> of this movie. And then Sterling Knight, Christopher Wilde, would have been driving him around. That's that's how it should have been. That's how it should have been. I would have preferred that movie. I would have also preferred that movie. It would have been a much more entertaining movie. This one was entertaining, too, though. Um... So after the performance, though, Christopher Wilde sneaks out the back and he runs into Jess. Like, hits her with a fucking door, runs into her. 
It was a yeah. fucking shame. Because, Knocks her on the ground. Well, because Jess was tired of sitting in the damn car. She tried to go in the front. Too long of a line. Tried to go around the back. I don't know where she had the wherewithal to try to go around the back, but whatever. She tries to go around the back, and she hits, gets hit with the door. Once she gets hit with the door, once again, she's a bitch. She's a bitch once again to Christopher Wilde when she meets him. Before she realizes it's Christopher Wilde, for what right. it's worth. Once she realizes it's Christopher Wilde, uh, she's like, oh, my God, it's Christopher. He's like, get get in the car. We got to make sure you don't have a concussion. I got to get you to a hospital. <laughs> make Which, sure you're okay. That, I mean, he is a nice guy because I feel like he literally could have left her on the alleyway and just said, good luck to you. Christopher Wilde is nice throughout the film. Yeah. I have to give him that because he could have done so much and just not gave a fuck, but he didn't. He cares. He cares. There's a, there's a guy behind, which is why when Jessica hates on him so much, it doesn't make sense. It just <sighs> doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, she's just not a good person. She's not. She's not at all. She's not at all. Well, Chris, Christopher Wilde, though, he rushes he rushes her to the hospital, and they go see the doctor. Um, the doctor turns out to be his brother-in-law. And his brother-in-law looks at her, sees that she doesn't have a concussion, tells her that she doesn't, that she's fine. Oh, but you forgot where she threw up uh, on Stubbs' right. before, shoes. Before they go to the hospital, they get in the car. Stubbs like, what's going on here? He's like, I got to get this girl out of here. She's not feeling too well. And she, he says, don't puke in whatever the name. They name they all name the cars. They name the cars, yeah. The cars are all named after women, too. So it's a little sexist. But they, I mean, that was a gone in 60 seconds thing, too. But before he pukes on, on before she pukes in the car, she turns and pukes on his shoes. My man, Stubby's just taking the hits. He's, ta- he's, he's the one taking all the shots. He's doing the work that needs to be done. Right, and then that's when they hand over the keys to Grandma's car to Stubbs to get Sarah, the sister, sister home safe. Yep. Um, so Stubbs takes care of that. He takes care of that for her. They go to the hospital. It's the brother-in-law. Brother-in-law helps her out. Her turns out he, there's no, there's no concussion or nothing. But while they're there, paparazzi show up at the hospital. Why wouldn't you take this girl to your gorgeous mansion in the hills and call your brother-in-law to come meet you there? Do a house call. To come do on. a house call. But You're rich and famous, that. guys. Come on. They eventually do go to the house, though. That's what they do next. Because right. But not here there. Right. Not uh, after switching cars with the brother-in-law. Right. He asked the brother. I had a question about that one. Why does the brother-in-law's car is a piece of shit? That's his brother-in-law. He has five to six cars in the garage. And he's 17 years old. He can only drive so many cars. Why is the brother-in-law still driving a fucking beater? He said he's paying off med school. Right. Why didn't he just give him a car to begin with? I don't... I mean, the thing is, that was an exaggeration by far. Because even if he's paying off med school, you're not going to be driving... I, gosh, I think it was a Mercedes, and it's like the muffler is dragging, dragging on, on the ground. The, yeah, that's not going to happen. Sparks and everything. He would probably Uber in Los Angeles before that car would not get, you know, 
you get pulled over immediately in Los Angeles driving that around. Yeah, because there's that is that is dangerous and it's illegal, and you can't have the muffler just dragging on the ground, but causing sparks. No, that's ridiculous. But that's lo and behold, it was. Beside the point, all she wants to do at this point is go home. But right. But while he we was have in a the problem. hospital, he got a phone call from his parents. His parents are having a party, and he knew about the party, and he was supposed to be at the party. But now he found out that douchey producer dude, Alan, was coming to the party. So he's got to get to the party. So before they go home, he says, wait, got to do one more stop. They then sneak out of the hospital, and they go. he takes Jess to his house. Big, swank-ass mansion, probably in the hills. I don't know why he, like you said, didn't just bring her there from the beginning with, but that's what he did. He tries to hide her, though, in his guest room. Right, Which has his name all over it. What, the best way to, like, squash any rumors is to sneak some mystery girl up the stairs of your mansion during a party and hide her (laughs) in the guest room. That's the way to keep it secret, you know? With a balcony view over the party so she can at any point walk out walk and out be seen and by everyone there. And once again, she's a bitch about it again, about the fact that she just wants to go home. And Now, mind you, she's being mean. She's starting to attack Christopher for his character. And this dude has done nothing but nice things for her. Yet she's starting to really hit him up about him being an asshole that he's not being. They fight in the car. At this point, she's judging him for his social status and the amount of things that he has and the nice house that he has and just saying, basically calling him spoiled and all of these things, regardless of the fact that he worked for those things. He worked for everything he's got. The only people that didn't work for that shit and lives there is his parents. Exactly. <laughs> and they're just his, his momagers and his dadager. But they do give him credit. It, you know, at the beginning, they say, this is his well, house. We, house. Just house. Yeah, we just live here. Yeah, we just live here. They did say that. Um, he hides Jess in the room, and he goes out because his parents want him to come out and perform a song. Now, this song, I thought, was the best song of all the songs. The oh, movie. yeah. I mean, I, this this is where it switches over, right? Because, like, acoustic just gets the girls, like... Going. Just, not just even going, but that's when you start to fall in love, right? Like you're yeah. crazy at the Staples Center, but that one-on-one acoustic, man, it's where and, it turns. And that's exactly what happened. Just sees it, she hears it, she loves it. Loves it. Doesn't but, show it very well. <laughs> she, you could tell, though, <laughs> that she's like into it. She started to fall, in, fall for him, which is really weird because... You've known him all of eight hours. Half of it was spent in the hospital. The rest of the time was spent running away from the paparazzi. And he is somehow feeling her. And I'm not really sure why. Because, Well, I think we know why, right? Because everybody else is falling all over him. And this is the first girl that was not just doing that. Like, giving him a hard time, making him work for it. Oh, I like what you did there. <laughs> you like what I did there? Yeah. So she was the first one that wasn't starstruck, so now he's into it, and this is what he wants? For sure. <laughs> because this I, is going to be the one, like, she's not in love with him for the things that she doesn't know 
or that is she she's making up in her mind. Like, she doesn't like him, and she admits it's because she doesn't know him. I don't true. know how many people actually go with the, I don't like you because I don't know you. It usually is doesn't go that way, but we <laughs> already established she's a bitch, so. Most of the time you just, like, let it be because you don't know them. Right, but it's Jessica, and we know her now. This is true. This is this is true. So so Jessica, after she sees him perform, she tries to sneak up because, like you said, she she watched from the balcony. She tries to sneak out and go into his garage and get the fuck out of there. He right, tells well, her she's gonna walk at this point. She's just ready to go. She's just trying to she's just trying to get home. She don't know where she's at though. She don't know where she's at. She don't know where the hills are. She don't know any of that stuff. No, but, but she, she does allude that her grandparents live in Hollywood, and he says, well, that'll take you three days to walk there. <laughs> he says, I'll take you in a car, pick one of the cars, and she doesn't pick the car he's standing next to. <laughs> well, she well she finally agrees, right? But then he walks over and opens the passenger door for her to like get in the car, and then she just opens the the one that's closest to her and he even like he's sitting there like why like why would you do that like (laughs) openly calling her out for how rude she's being for no reason she's being she's rude the whole movie for no reason like you said she's the worst right but that's the moment that he gets me because i'm like i love that he came back at her to be just like seriously like i opened i was doing the polite thing and you wouldn't even take me up on it. Like, you still have to be rude to me. Still be rude, still have to be a bitch. Yep. So, as they drive, they pull out of the, the car. The car pulls out, and they start to try it. He starts to take her home. And then Paparazzi starts telling them again. I mean, how's, my how's main question the only is... the celebrity in the city? Oh, clearly, he is, but... At that point, you literally can't have anybody else take her home. Not (laughs) one person at that party. Nobody. Right. Because at at this point, we're assuming that Stubbs already took Sarah home. Where'd he go? Why can't he drive Jess home? You had to stop at the hospital. You had to do the performance. Why hasn't he made it back to the house yet? Yes. So once again. We both know why he didn't make it back, though. He was fucking Sarah in the car. Let's be real. He fucks her in the car. Maybe. One hundred. Maybe. Cause she. I mean, it's a kind of a small car, don't you think? It was a tiny car, but the reason they fucked in the car was because Sarah is trying to get in to get to Christopher Wilde, right. and you know Stubbs is always looking for Christopher Wilde fall off. <laughs> you, he has to be. I guess. That's. I mean, that's the only. That's the only excuse. So no one, there's no one to drive him. So he drives, he drives her home. Right. Okay. So I just want to point out, he is now risking this film job again in the same night for another girl. First it was Alexis and now he's doing it for Jessica. For stranger Jessica girl that he just met eight hours. Just met and owes nothing to at this point. But he's doing this for her. This kid, I, he's not the smartest with his career, but it is what it is. He's out there trying to be a good person, and I'm okay with that. 
And he is a kid, so we got to give him that. Yeah. So as he's driving, this paparazzi guy's following him. He realizes that the paparazzi's telling him. He does some savvy driving skills and avoids and eludes the paparazzi and makes it to her house, right? Pulls into the driveway. She's rude once again (laughs) as she's getting out the car. And while he's sitting there, he realizes that, oh, shit, the paparazzi has followed him down the street. The paparazzi dude has this giant mag light to try to figure out where his car is. Meanwhile, he's parked directly in the driveway, (laughs) and they were just following him, so they knew exactly what he was driving, and yet that doesn't seem to be a problem. They don't find him. (laughs) He gives him the slip. He uh, gets out of the car. He knocks. Gives him the, him the slip by sl- like <laughs> sneaking down low into the seat as if they can't see the car parked in the driveway. But beside the point. Listen, I do want to let you know that that works. <laughs> Good to know. Um, if I'm ever trying to slip the paparazzi, I will be sure to just <laughs> sink lower into my seat. One time, a friend of mine, not me, but like a friend of mine, right, made a quick left turn and they the police car made a U-turn to follow him, right? My friend drove down the street with the cop not hitting the lights yet, but they were trying to get behind him. He pulled into a driveway um, where a bunch of parked cars, it was in front of a, a um, in front of a, a, a business and there was a bunch of parked cars. He parked his car Killed the lights, killed the car, and got down low in the seat. <laughs> My friend watched as the police drove by the street, came back the other way, drove by again. My friend waited in the car for a good 20 to 30 minutes as the cops drove by, looking to see where the car went because as they were turning around to try to get him, he disapp- his car basically disappeared. But it couldn't have gone far. Eventually, the was police... your friend driving a classic <laughs> electric blue car that stands out? No, I my... wouldn't think so. <laughs> my friend was driving a uh, Ford Fusion. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit different. A little bit different. It was. It was a gray silver Ford Fusion. And he was able to give the cops the slip. The cops didn't pull him over. He gave him the slip. It was a, it was a pretty savvy move by my friend. So, of course. <laughs> yes. So that can happen. So I understand how the paparazzi... I think I've heard your uh, friend tell this story before. <laughs> He's a good guy. Anyway, uh, it happens. So I understand how the paparazzi could not find him after that. But Christopher Wilde gets out the car, knocks on the door, and asks Jessica, can he hide out in her garage for the night? So that way, he can sneak out in the morning and get back home. And then, at this point, I feel like she could be really terrible, but she decides not to, and helps push him push the car into the garage and throw some blankets literally on his head. Because yes. why would you want to hand somebody something when you could throw it at them? 
This was and another, that's... <laughs> this was another part though that that I found problem with, because he asked he asked her for a disguise, and she hands him a hat, and that was it. <laughs> right, but this is when we're starting to see that maybe she does like him, because this is the first nice thing she says to him. This is the first nice thing she said all movie. Right. So she hands him the fishing hat of her grandfather's and he puts it on and she mentions it's from her late grandfather and he apologizes immediately and takes it off and she says, no, keep it. It looks good on you. That was and the first time. Yeah, she says My nice. jaw dropped. <laughs> Couldn't believe that something nice could come out of that girl's mouth, especially to our star. And yet, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Keep in mind, he doesn't really look that great in the hat. He doesn't. He didn't. It's because of the hair. It's because of the hair. That's the only reason. Well, she so she hides him in the garage. She goes in the house, says goodnight. The next morning, the next morning, um, they're sitting there at the breakfast table, and she asks for more syrup. Grandma says there's more syrup in the garage. So Sarah gets up to go get the syrup from the garage. Jessica's like, oh no, I'm hiding Christopher Wilde in the garage. Don't go out there. Now, Sarah being the biggest Christopher Wilde fan, I didn't understand why didn't she just do one nice thing for her sister and be like, uh, I got a surprise for you in the garage. And then have Christopher Wilde be there and then be like, this is, this is who we came to see. Congratulations, sister. This is the best present for you ever. I kidnapped Christopher Wilde and hit him in the garage. Nah, not a good person. I think we already established that. But they don't have a good relationship. Like, it's not just Jessica at this point. Sarah is not the best either. But Sarah's not a great sister, but at the same time, I thought that Jessica could have taken the step forward because she already has her Christopher Wilde there for her. He's already there. So you might as well be like, oh, yeah, Chris, are you? Even if she had woken, woken Sarah up at night and being like, hey, Christopher, come say hi to Sarah. Leave him alone. Chris, Sarah, Sarah, Chris. All right, you guys have met. That's it. But she doesn't even do that. Nah. She doesn't do any of that. Well. I mean, it is. I, they just don't like each other. Like, <laughs> that sibling, sibling rivalry. Like, why would you want to help out your sister? But beside the point, they both run out there. They fight over it for a while before the father comes out to be like, basically, why are you guys taking so long to get syrup? How hard is this? Right. Opens Over's the garage. garage. Christopher Wilde is gone. gone. Which I, I'd love to know how he got out of the garage without a garage anyone opener. Knowing, yep, without anyone but, knowing or hearing anything. Sure, but he did. He's a... Uh, master of sneaking out except for apparently he can't sneak away from the paparazzi correct well the next day that morning um jessica and sarah are supposed to go to venice beach because uh they're supposed to just go to the beach and check out some shit on like probably like sunday i don't know i think this is a weekend i don't know what's going on here uh sarah changes plans though and takes him to malibu because that's where christopher likes to go surfing and right because she's a stalker and she knows everything about his life. She goes there to find him. Sure enough, sitting in a chair is Christopher Wilde wearing a hat and some fucking sunglasses. And that's his disguise. 
That hat looks familiar. Yep. So Jessica walks up, sits down next to him while Sarah's searching the combing the beach for Christopher Wilde. Jessica sits down next to him and says, "What's up, bro?" Because she knows it's him because of the dad's the granddad's fishing hat. Well, actually, this is the most pleasant conversation they have the entire movie. Correct. Because she's treating him as if he's a complete stranger and having a decent conversation at which he's not responding to at all. Because he's trying to be incognito. Uh, they go They go up to the... They're at the, rather at the beach, and they're hanging out. Christopher realizes, once again, paparazzi have converged on the beach. And he tries to give them the slip once more. Well, so at this point, he was saying that he wasn't able to get home because as soon as he left, they found him again, gave him the slip, and now he's uh, hiding out on the beach. The thing that I don't understand is that how are the paparazzi an all-knowing force? He goes to the same places <laughs> over and over and over. He could have gone to any other place where they wouldn't know. He could have gone to Venice Beach. Nobody would have found him there. Do you think so? Or do you think that somehow, the, well, I mean, he tried to take he tried to take Jessica home and the paparazzi was waiting outside of his house. He knew that they would be there. They were there before. Well, at the beach, yeah, but they didn't, like, there's a paparazzi following him all the time. But they weren't at the beach yet because that's how we start to develop a plan about how he's going to get out and he needs a car that isn't the one that he's been recognized in. So that's when she comes up with the plan of giving him grandma's car. Trading and cards then once again. Leaving. Well, actually, he was supposed to leave the car for her and her sister. And then for somebody who's supposedly on the lookout for her favorite person in the world, she's not doing a very good job Sarah's with her headphones horrible. blaring. Yeah, she, she's pretty horrible. Singing his music, by the Singing way. his music. I'm pretty sure it was Shades again, you yeah. know, my least favorite song. And she's got her sunglasses on, eyes closed. She's doing a terrible job of keeping lookout. But yep. that gives them the opportunity to switch out the keys from her purse, giving... The keys to his classic electric blue car to the sister and picking up grandma's lovely pink car car (laughs) keys. But unfortunately, as they're finding the car is when the paparazzi roll up. Two vans deep. Jump out. Two vans. Two damn, yeah, yes, but not only that, but probably five or six paparazzi in each van. Yeah, 12 12 paparazzos. Combing the beach. Super intense. Super duper intense. And this is when he comes up with, I think, his best sneak out ever. He he obviously... Real low. Yeah, real low. But of course he makes her get in the car because he's got to now take her with him for some unknown reason. But, you know... Also hits her in the head one more time with the door, just for good measure. You know, because that's the running gag of the film. <laughs> her getting, she's doing a lot of physical humor in this film. Um, hits her in the head, she gets in the car, they take off. As they're driving down the street, they're having a conversation about his shades that he had a whole song about. And how she likes them and she wants to keep them. He tells her later. After he gives her the five grand for letting her stay in the garage. <laughs> he just offers to throw, he's just trying to throw money at, the, at his problems. Um, as they're driving, though, they're having a great day together. 
just being some kids, they realize paparazzi once again is following them. Of course. So they're running. They're trying to escape. They lose. They they crash the car into this like mud pit. A quicksand. Something it's quicksand. I don't know how much quicksand's in Los Angeles. Okay. Somewhere near Malibu. <laughs> but apparently there's a quick sand pit. This was one of the most outrageous things that I saw in this whole movie. Well, so basically we just stop because we're arguing about things and the car just, you know, he just stops the car normally. And then before you know it, it's like, oh, that's one tire stuck in mud. And then before you know it, the entire car <laughs> is sinking underwater in quicksand and they're climbing onto the roof. Yes. It was just unnecessary. Unnecessary. Got rid of that pink car. But once again, the whole time in the car, they're starting to argue again. Like everything is cool at first. And then Jessica starts being a bitch again. Well, and then they lose the car in quicksand. They lose the car in quicksand. He tries to help her, but she's not having it. No. And they both end up falling into what is now, I guess, not quicksand, but a lake. Because yep. that quickly changed. It's <laughs> oddly enough, another <laughs> drench. And now they're soaking wet and her backpack goes under with the car. Mm-hmm. And he tries to help her by holding on to her, but not really that well, because he's got to answer his phone. But then she just splashes the water around for a while before somehow pulling out her backpack from the car that is now probably completely submerged with just splashing her hands around a little bit. But once they start splashing, everything's cool again. They're no longer mad at each other. Everything's fine. Well, he had to answer the call from his parents who were now very concerned considering this kid has now been probably missing for 24 hours <laughs> it took him long enough to call him right but you know no service up there in the mud pit of malibu so now <laughs> I, we're walking before that though i didn't like the fact that she like called him fake and said his life wasn't real and he was he was fake a fake person she doesn't know him man she's known him for like Less than 24 hours. That is true, but she did call him out for constantly throwing money at his problems, which he kept doing. <laughs> That's kind of like He kept no, offering though. her money, and, she, like, she's going along the, like, it's a favor. You don't have to pay for a favor. And I'm yet sh- he keeps trying to... I'm sure he's used to, to being taken for, though. Exactly, and he keeps trying to throw money at her, and clearly it's not working, but... Right. Still does it. Right. But at some point, we start walking. Well, she finds that she is wrong when she's walking the wrong direction. He calls her out on it, and for once, she doesn't say anything and actually follows him. And then eventually, they, you know, have one of those cutesy start pushing moments, and they fall into the lake again, and she says she can't swim, and he comes to save her when... She pushes them underwater, and it's officially happening at this point. They're they are falling both for each other. falling for each other. Mm-hmm. And it's so clear. He was already there for a while, even though we don't know why. <laughs> but now 
everything is starting to compile for her and she's she's feeling it. She's, yep. she's got the feels now. She's loving it and they're just going for it. They go to kiss. Can't really have doesn't happen. Gets interrupted, paparazzi all the time. Only paparazzi. They're the only things that are the real problem in this movie. They're everywhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but she's still the real problem. She's the real problem, yes. They take some pictures together. He kind of tells her, though, like, all right, we've had a great day, but I can't really continue this. Right, because they make it back to the beach, which is where they were trying to get back to because supposedly her sister was going to be there. But her sister is long gone by now, taking his keys to his house where she finds... Stubby. 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 I don't know if she <laughs> knows the direction to his house, but whatever. There was no GPS, but whatever. <laughs> That's 2010. She had a phone or something, I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, she, how did she know where he lives? That's the oh, problem. she pulled the registration out of the car. That's right. That's right. She did. <laughs> <laughs> that one they had covered. She had the address because she pulled it out of the car. So they're at the beach and he's basically wrapping up. It's been lovely, but we can't really continue this because you're just an ordinary girl. Yeah, she's not a celebrity. And that's kind of fucked up. This is the first time Christopher Wilde was pretty fucked up. But the problem was in his words. Because his ordinary heart was there. girl. His heart was there because he was trying to tell her that he didn't want paparazzi following her and disrupting her life and ruining her life the way that they ruined his. Right. But he didn't use those words. <laughs> he <laughs> literally called her ordinary and mm-hmm. then tried to take it back and just meant, well, I meant like normal, which that's not really nice either. And then he's basically like, oh, but you're not famous instead of like, Using his adult words to be, I don't want the paparazzi to ruin your life like they ruin mine every day. I care about you, and I would never want that for you. Which is why I think we have to end this here, despite how much I care about you. Yep. Adult words, ladies and gentlemen. Didn't use any of those. Nope. He said, you're an ordinary girl. What she heard is... Uh, you're not special enough for me. And she cries. Tell me how there is a phone booth on the beach. <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. My first thought was, did they still have phone booths in 2010? I was like, I no. can't remember when they got rid of them. But then at the beach. In the middle of the sand. Okay, so at this point, um, he has decided pretty much for her to go her own way and to separate from him. And uh, she cries, and she walks to, like, this phone booth. He takes off his disguise. He has no disguise, and people start swarming him. Oh, actually, he keeps that disguise on. So he's taking pictures with all these fans on the beach wearing that fisherman hat, by the way. And she's in a phone booth calling someone, I'm assuming her sister. And crying. A cab and crying. And some really savvy paparazzo sees them. Takes pictures of her in the phone booth and takes pictures of him near the phone booth. Pretty savvy. With the tears and everything. Mm-hmm. I think at this point the paparazzi are definitely on to whatever is happening here. 
And so, the the rest of this film ends up getting pretty yada yada after this. Yeah. They, uh, they, they go back. He leaves her. He goes back to his house. He has an epiphany. Oh, wait. But don't forget, we have a one-liner from Grandma about, I've been wanting to get rid of that pink car oh, for yeah. an eternity. <laughs> yeah, when she tells him about, when she tells her about the, uh, the car being lost. She's apparently, Grandma's been trying to get rid of that car for forever, so. It's gone so, now. Yeah, no consequences for literally <laughs> losing a car a in a sand pit. Over a weekend. <laughs> yeah. So, Jessica loses the car. Uh, um, Christopher Wilde goes to lay down that sweet-ass track that he was performed acoustically. And it sounds pretty good. Alexis shows up and is like, who the fuck was that girl? She's like, nobody, just a normal person. Alexis is like, oh, a normal person. You're dating normies now? Fuck you, bro. And she says she has a date with some other celebrity and breaks up with them. This is and the then, least I've liked Chelsea Kane in my life. <laughs> well, but Stubby puts it best. He literally writes on a sign from the producer room, you're free, man. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes that to heart. He goes to his parents. Well, first he goes to the director who says, you're in for the movie, bro. Tells him, I'm going to go ahead and pass him a film because he's had this new epiphany on life. Jessica's changed his life in two days. All right. Yeah, because he's decided that he can't just keep saying yes to everybody. He has to make his own life choices and do what makes him happy. And for him, he wants to go on this world tour, which they're trying to fit in with the movie. And he wants to please his fans. And what's going to please his fans is this tour. Right. Correct. Before he does this, though, he goes on TV and lies and said he never met Jessica, didn't know her. Paparazzi show up in Kalamazoo, Michigan. They found her house. They're like, what is your relationship with Christopher Wilde? She says, I don't know the Christopher Wilde you guys are talking about. Or something along those lines. Yeah, it was a subtle remark about the people that or the person that you put on this pedestal, I never met that guy. I, I don't know who that is. Wild. Basically, yeah. But it comes off to the rest of the world as they never interacted. Right. So the whole city thinks she's lying. Everyone thinks she's lying about having known him, even though she never said she knew him. Paparazzi. No, but he did say something in his interview about, I don't know what this girl is saying about me, but I've never met her. And that's what his, like, parents, his momager put him up to do. He fires them once he has his epiphany. He fires his parents and hires them back as parents. Fires them as management, hires them as parents. I hope he ends up hiring Stubby. That's, that's what I hope he ends up doing. <laughs> but he fires his parents, fire, tells the director he's not interested, and he tells Stubby it's time to make it happen. Same time. We're back in Kalamazoo. It's about to be the dance. Uh, Sarah's, Jessica's sister Sarah, best friend AJ, comes over. They're checking out the dress for the dance. And when AJ thinks Jessica's out of earshot, she starts talking shit about Jessica. Meanwhile, to the sister, who has to know by this point that Jessica and Christopher definitely had some type of fling during the weekend, considering all the weird things that happened to her 
with and Stubby. the fact that she fucks Stubby. These are the things that uh, she and knows. that too. <laughs> she knows that Christopher and Jessica have been running around because she fucks Stubby. So it's the only thing. Plus, she drove his car to the house because I mean that's how also I know that they fucked. Because remember when she drove his car to the house and Stubby's like, "What up, Sarah?" Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it it. he like, got her home right, and then well, she was like disappointed to see him. Like, oh, Stubby. Like, he wouldn't be at his house. house. Whatever. <laughs> what are you doing at your best friend's house? How odd that you would be here. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Regardless, regardless, so, Sarah ends up kicking out her friend AJ, for talking. For yeah, being a bitch. And that was sister. the first time her sister stepped up and tried to help out her. How about Jessica? It's time for the Ice Queen Jessica's heart to melt. Because... Her sister's there got her back now, too. Right. It is short-lived, but her sister does be a little bit of a, you know, fairy godmother, gets her all dressed up and pretty enough, quote, unquote, to be my sister, even though Jessica throughout the movie is clearly the more attractive one. Clearly. But her sister helps her get ready for the dance, so I guess she's not just going on a press badge anymore. She She's gets going. to go to the dance as an actual student. Correct. So Jessica's at the dance. Sister's at the dance. And Jessica doesn't seem to be having too much fun. Then out of nowhere, we get a surprise performance from Christopher Wilde. None other than. Wow. He shows up to perform at the dance. Everyone goes a little crazy. And he sings an original song that's basically apologizing to Jessica all the crazy shit that's happened and tells her that he wants her to be his girl. It was very moving. It was. Did you realize that there's a rap verse in that song too? That Stubby busted out? Um, actually, I feel like, was it? Or did he start taking over after <laughs> they started dancing? That's true. He, he, he becomes the entertainment. And right, he right after shows that. Why he's the best part of the movie. By far, but so he clears that like parts the seas of the students right as he's singing this directly to her, mm-hmm. and she's just standing staring into those gorgeous blue eyes of his. They're, his eyes are so blue. Yes, so blue. She even mentions it at the movie at one point. Yeah, and it that's it. She's just enamored at that point. She accepts it, accepts his apology, and they start dancing at that point, right? Which, mm-hmm. you know, Stubbs takes over the performance. But at some point, this is when Jessica introduces the crazy Sarah fan, her sister, to Christopher Wilde. For the first time. For the first time. We've gone an entire movie... With them being so close, and this is the first time that Sarah gets to meet Christopher Wilde. What does she do? She faints. Yep. <laughs> At which point, Stubb says, don't worry, I got this, and drags her away. It was, it was, it was something they were used to. It was crazy. Right, yes. Chris asked Jessica on a real date. They kind of dance, but they dance pretty horribly at the end. And uh, that was the end of the movie. Yeah, don't. Did we get a kiss? There was no kiss. 
There was no kiss at all. I mean, we went in for one at one point, but I think that's when we get interrupted by the sister. So, I don't know. No kiss. No kiss. But we and do have the promise of a date. And we know. We know Christopher Wilde always keeps his promises. Christopher Wilde always keeps his promises. He's a good dude, man. Ultimately, I thought this this was a fun movie. It was ridiculous. I yeah. Could, I couldn't believe. But all this shit happened to happen over two days. Yeah, for sure. This shit happened over two days. They're in love. I want to know what the logistics is. Is he, is he flying back and forth to Kalamazoo? Is he flying her to L.A.? What's the I, plan? I had so many questions about how that was going to work out, but I imagine it's just going to be, you know, a coffee date here or there, and then eventually it's just going to disappear. Because yep. he's eventually, I mean, he's going to come to the realization that she's still a terrible person. Right, right. She can't, like, she could probably travel with him in the summer, and that's kind of it, because she's still also 15. Right. She's a sophomore in high school. But at some point, it's just going to fizzle out. And I think from this, he'll learn that he shouldn't be dating the Alexises of the world. He needs to be dating someone more down-to-earth. He just doesn't have to date somebody so bitchy. Right. Someone so rude. Yes. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. Sterling Knight was set up to be like a star from this film. Didn't really work out. It did not. I mean, if we had to talk about who really won the movie, in my opinion, it is Brandon Michael Smith. Like, he is currently a character on one of my favorite shows, adult show, You're the Worst, on FX. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, That's right. He is. Yes, um, he is. What, what's... Oh. He plays a member of a band or a rap group that one of the main characters does publicity for, and he is fantastic. He's hilarious in that movie. Yes. In that TV show. Uh, he, he's, I mean, he's playing Sam. He plays Sam. He is the star of the group. Yes. Um, it's either, like, that's my top choice, but, I mean... Chelsea Kane had such a small part, but she has to come in second for no, me. No, 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 no. The winner of the sh of the movie is Danielle Campbell, Jessica Olsen. Because it's of Famous in Love? No, because she is on. She was on the originals. She played Davina Claire on the originals. Okay. Which is ran from 2013 to 2018. She's in multi. She's a recurring character. She was in 68 episodes of that show. I don't know. You think? I mean, you, that's your choice. She, she, she has has to be. She is the star. She's on a hit CW show, and she has a regular role. But he has a regular role in an FX show. That's not network TV. It's better than network TV. <laughs> I think but, the loser is definitely Sterling Knight. He was in uh, Melissa and Joey, and that was kind of it. <laughs> yeah. He was slated to be, like, you know, the one golden star. And they clearly chose Danielle Campbell because at the time she was pretty much unknown. And uh -huh. Sterling Knight was, I, he was on um, Sunny with a chance. chance. Yeah, he was, one of, he was one of their stars already. 
Right. So he was pretty popular with the crowd already at the time. And then they just picked Danielle because we have to have a normal girl to play this part. Mm -hmm. But it turns out she ended up being uh, the famous one. And I, where is Sterling Knight? Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) We may have to do a follow up on that uh, to figure out what happened with him. Uh, I I think we're gonna have to we're gonna do a deep dive into Sterling Knight. I wonder what want to know what his real name is because it cannot be Sterling Knight. It cannot be. I cannot be. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's his name. And like I said, if he had parents like the ones he had in the movie, they would most definitely call this poor kid Sterling Knight. <laughs> You're very right. You're very right. Okay, so we, we have to say that, let's say it's a tie between Danielle and Brandon on who won the movie. Sterling Knight is definitely the loser of the film. I feel, yeah, I feel for the guy considering he was the hero, but just not in life. Not in life. Who do you think was the best character of the movie? The best character of the movie? I mean, what are your qualifications for best character? Uh, who did you enjoy the most? Stubby. Stubby. Yep. Without a question. I enjoyed Libby Lamb a lot. I like that at the very of end. Of course. When uh, she tries to put the microphone in his face when they're at the dance, and he's like, go away. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yep. <laughs> she definitely took her cue. I yes, think... because, of course, I think we left that out, right? Starstruck got to pretty much air the entire apology from Christopher Wilde, saying that he lied, doing all of that, caught it all on camera for the hit TV show, Starstruck. Starstruck, yep. And then, of course, she backed away once he told her to get Back out of his away. face. <laughs> yeah. I think I think another unsung hero is the grandma. Grandma was fantastic in this film. Grandma was a huge help to everybody. So those are the people that won the movie. Those are the people that, that lost the movie. Those are the people that won in life. Um, you got anything else for the people, Lins? I think that's it. I think so, too. This has been fun talking about Starstruck. Um, I can't wait till we get together and talk about the next Disney Channel original movie. Until then, have a good one. Today, we are going to be going over Starstruck. Starstruck uh, came out in February of 2010, so it's a little older. It's uh, starring Sterling Knight, Danielle Campbell, Maggie Castle, Brandon Michael Smith, and Chelsea Kane. Yes, to Chelsea Kane. This is true. This is really true. I I didn't even realize that she had changed her name when I was first going through this. I didn't know she was known for something else. Right. Pronounced. So, yeah, Chelsea Kane makes more sense. I I could barely recognize her when I was watching the movie. Really? 
Yeah, I, I remembered her from Baby Daddy mainly. I didn't know about the Jonas show that she was on. I didn't watch that one. <laughs> I like Chelsea Kane a lot on Baby Daddy. I felt like she had a really good character. But she's barely in this movie. This movie is definitely a Sterling Knight, Danielle Campbell production. I enjoyed him immensely. I feel like he like really won the movie, if you will. We'll get into that later. We'll, we'll get into that later. So the uh, movie, I'm going to read a brief uh, synopsis for this film that we chose to go over today. Okay, so it says, Jessica Olsen was expecting a normal trip to California with her family to visit her grandma. However, she agrees to join her older sister to find the famous pop star, Christopher Wilde. I, I, I thought that was a pretty, pretty good uh, tagline for what's going on in this film. Obsessed, right? She okay. So, so going through the film, like I feel like that girl was essentially a stalker. Like it was, it was a problem. It was a problem. It, it was. It was a it was a very interesting it was as if my man tags himself everywhere he goes via Facebook and then doesn't expect people to know where he's at. It was quite interesting. Right, it's a